Hey, you're listening to Tech Talks with Lou, and I am Lou Temlett. I hope you're having a good day, and I'm really thankful for you listening today. So, this is Tech Talks with Lou, the show in which I discuss the top tech secrets for success from the very best in today's digital world. Now, last week, I spoke with Janice Jones from the Positive Life Company, and we talked about positive mindset and psychology, as well as intuitive process and technology. Now, if you haven't already listened, head back after this episode and let me know what you think. So today we're going to talk about customer service and the technology behind what makes that happen in business. How many times have you gone to complain about a product or a service and online I'm talking about and had a positive response and dealt with the customer service representative or the bot and you felt really, really happy that you've got the best result ever? Well, maybe some of us have. But we've also had negative experiences. Now, my guest today has been involved with customer experience and customer relationship marketing for nearly a decade. He's negotiated six-figure contracts as well as spoken with customers on the front line. This guy is completely results driven and I am so excited to be interviewing him today on my podcast, Tech Talks with Lou. Welcome, Ollie Kelly. Hi, Lou. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And like we were saying just before, you know, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, and yeah, I think it's, you know, it's great to be in a, in a space like this to be talking about um, you know, things that I find, um, you know, myself to be really passionate about and have been for, like you said, the last sort of eight to 10 years. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different levels to, to, to the game. And I think you introduced them really well. So it'd be really good to get into the hood and, uh, see what we can uncover today. So I usually ask all of my, um, people that I interview where they started in tech, what it was that brought them in to the technology world mm-hmm. and why they're still here, because it's a challenging place to be and not always very friendly. So tell me why, why are you here in the tech world? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, it's, it's something that I also um, often find myself thinking about because, you know, if, if we were to go down the traditional route of where I was supposed to be in my career today, this is not it at all. So I actually started off, um, you know, fairly early on in my teens, as probably a lot of us did, working in, you know, hospitality, front of house, kitchens, and getting that, um, you know, that experience under my belt really early on. And, and you know, even to this day, um, when I'm interviewing or if I'm talking to someone, I always lean heavily on that experience because that that in itself was the basis for my customer experience. You know, talking to people, understanding what the customer needs were behind the bar or at the restaurant and just talking to people, you know, on, on, a, on a one-to-one human level. We don't even need to think about the whole corporate piece. Just talking to people, relating to people and be able to communicate, I think is is is, is also a skill that these days seems to be kind of on the way out um much to my to my sadness when i look at you know things like customer service so so i mean you know we're moving ahead but let me let me go back to the beginning so i i, I started off like i said in hospitality and i was i was going to um 
go into hospitality management. So that was my goal. Um, I, I, I speak French, side side uh, side bit of info there, because I was actually brought up in France. So it was technically my first language until I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. So they, with- they always say, actually, with the, with the languages being in tech, because it's kind of the way that you, you know, that learning... Um, that learning style and the logic, um, yeah. you know, although languages aren't logical, but uh, well, the, the linguistics behind it, absolutely. So later on, that definitely helped me with things like, you know, NLU, NLP, all of the, all of the understandings of what needed to go into, um, you know, the models. So so that certainly helped me. Um, but really, at the beginning. I was leaning on my languages and I wanted to go either into hospitality and train in France. Um, And I actually did that for a year. So I went to catering college and I got all of my qualifications. And because I'd had that vast amount of experience, it was very quick and easy to do out in France. You know, they just turn it around, um, you know, NVQ level, all that kind of good stuff. But unfortunately, I lost my passion for the hospitality industry while I was working in it in France, weirdly. It was a little too regimented for me. Um, It was very much um, a a kind of elitist state of mind, which, which is kind of against, you know, goes against my, my, my belief system, really. So, so that kind of, you know, um, strangely just, just turned me off to it. So I went back to university at the age of 21 and I went into languages because like I said, I speak a couple, um, my mum being a teacher obviously inspired me somewhat and I thought I will go down the route of teaching. So I did some teaching while I was out there. You know, I'm really thankful for a lot of the experiences there. I was actually employed by the French government as a, um, you know, a teacher for, for teenagers for a year while I was in full-time education, uh, full-time, well, university. And, um, and it was wonderful. It was the real making of me. I learned a lot about myself, about my, my strengths, my weaknesses, um, it really enhanced my public speaking, I would say, because when, when you're put on a spot with, you know, a 14, 15, 16 year old, um, you know, teenager, you've got to think on your feet very quick, especially if it's in a different language, you know. So, yeah, that's another that's another another level absolutely. of challenge completely. Just, just, <laughs> just another obstacle to get over. And what I enjoyed really early on was the handing over of knowledge. So, and, and you know, being seen as this person who can actually help this person with, with a journey of understanding. And you'll probably see there's a theme throughout this. You know, there's the building of communications, the building of relationships, the handing over of, of knowledge and the, the, you know, the mutual learning. And, you know, for me, you can find that not just in the teaching world and linguistic worlds, but also within the tech world and the customer service world. I needed to rely on something that had my languages, you know, that required my languages because I knew that that would open the doors for me straight away. So I applied for this this obscure role with a company that I'd never heard of, but they were French and they were based in Bristol. And I thought, you know what, we'll go for it. They're looking for a French speaker. It's for a, um, you know, a high-end luxury car manufacturer so I, I could speak about this freely it was it was bentley at the time so it was a bpo cool. um a little a little known bpo who were providing service to um bentley at the time and because of my french i was able to go in i was interviewed by a person um called andy who's still one of my really good friends um he speaks french and at the end of the interview he said to me well your french is better than mine so it's 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 pretty much you know 100 <laughs> percent guaranteed that you're hired <laughs> So, so that was good fun. So, um, I, I just started. want to pause you there because you've in tech, 
um, we use lots of acronyms. Oh, yes. You mentioned BPO. So I yes. just want to backtrack. Can you explain to those listeners that don't know what it is, including myself, what a BPO is? Yeah, absolutely. So a BPO um, stands for Business Process Outsourcer. So it, it is essentially an outsourcer. Um, and what that means to, to the regular person, because I didn't know myself, and I found myself explaining it to people at the time. And I, I, you know, I'd say to them, I'm working in a BPO. They, they do Business Process Outsourcing. And people still didn't understand very much. Um, you know, in, in, in the general terms, you'd call it a call center. They don't like being called call centers. It's more oh. contact center. And even that these days is a bit, you know, on, on the edge. Um, but essentially, it's where all of your queries as a customer go to. And you have these um, global businesses called BPOs, um, which which take in all that work essentially and try to reduce the costs, the operating costs um, and improve efficiencies for these, these private businesses essentially. So what you'll find is often if you're calling up, you know, a telco or, you know, your, your, your telco provider, or your internet provider, you'll find sometimes that maybe you land in a different country. The reason behind that is because the business models are just more efficient and often more cost effective. And, and that is a BPO. And that is where my career started. Yay. So, I love yes. it. <laughs> I, so, I love the fact that you mentioned efficiency. I think, you know, in all of this, technology just makes things more efficient. And certainly having an insight to corporate roles, yeah. you know, that there's a cost saving to be made. But equally, when we're running our own businesses or consultants or entrepreneurs, it's about having that cost saving, whether it's time or whether it's money. Absolutely. But if we Absolutely. can look to optimize, you know, there's lots of talk about, um, you know, aut automation yep. and making things easier. But this is where I want to kind of hit on because automation for me feels really cold. And I want to know whether you've got any experience of online customer service that doesn't feel automated, that doesn't feel like a bot's responding to you and making you feel like you're not really loved and warm in that customer experience for that product you've or product or service you've bought into. Yeah, and I think that's a great question. And, you know, all of these experiences mostly are subjective, aren't they? I say mostly because they're, they're, they're not all. You can standardize things um, and you can get some best practices out there. But you have to remember that even in 2021 today, we are still, we're still learning about automation, you know. If I go back to where I started, you know, I was an outbound agent. I was talking to, to, to customers about, you know, how happy they were with their purchase, for example. Um, and from, you know, back then in 2000 and what was it, 11, 2012, I believe, or even a bit later than that, um, you know, the keyword was omnichannel. And, and you, I'm Ooh. sure you've heard this before. Have you heard that? No, that no. Omnichannel. Omni Come on. You have to elaborate yes. on this. Well, I mean, I can kind of work it out, but yeah, you know, so be, it's precisely give us some plain what, speaking. <laughs> absolutely. So it's precisely what you'd imagine. It's omnichannel. So it's thinking. You, and, and there was two key terms that really came out, right? Um, and that stuck with me. So, so omnichannel was, was one of the key terms, which you'll still hear now and again, and customer centricity. So Customer centricity is, is where it all begins, and that is the theme, right? You, you need to put the customer at the center of all of your processes. Imagine a, a diagram where you have the customer in the middle, and then for all these different branches, you have maybe a different channel. It could be web chat, it could be phone, it could be 
email, it could be white mail, it could be anything, it could be outbound calls. But in, what's really important with this model is that you have the customer in the middle. He is the focal point, right? He, she is the focal point. And around them comes the omni-channel experience, which means a CRM solution. So one database where you can push everything into and really understand that customer. So that was the promise of the, you know, the mid noughties let's say 2000, 2008 onwards, 2015, 16. Um, but in my opinion, in my humble opinion, and probably a lot of other people might might think this, it was nonsense. It didn't exist. You, whatever whatever you had bid for at the time, it would it, you know it would be great, and it would all be in writing. Yes, we'll provide a, a, an omni-channel experience with 360, 24/7, you know, contact possible for for all of your customers, and we'll know every step of the way, be able to provide, um, you know, models about what they're going to contact you about next but it, it wasn't real and and it was just a pipe dream until very recently and this is where the world of automation comes super interesting because actually at least in my experience within the last few years those omni-channel experiences have really been possible so things like you know understanding the end-to-end -end customer journey. Well, customer centricity is slightly different, but omnichannel at least. And that was the whole premise of my interview when I was first hired uh, at LivePerson. So as I mentioned, I've you know, I've, I've, uh, I've moved on now, but I was there for four years. Um, I learned an awful lot, a great, great company to, to, to learn and grow in. Um, and going back to your question, I think, yes, anyone who has worked with LivePerson from a professional standpoint will see that um, those tools are in place today in order to be able to to really utilize this customer info to your advantage. When we've chatted and uh, I found out you were working for LivePerson, I was like, LivePerson, I remember that. Um, and I know that we've had this discussion because um, I picked that up in about 2009. Yeah. And... Um, I was really proud of myself. I worked for um, an organisation that had 100 sites around the UK and we needed to be able to communicate with around 20,000 customers yeah. and with different brands. And I wanted to be able to, you know, we, we had the call centre, but I wanted to be able to offer something that was more inclusive for those parents that just didn't have the time to pick up the phone during the day. Mm -hmm. But there I was very proud of myself. I'd signed up, paid the subscription and got everything installed, got everyone set up in the office Excellent. to be able to use live person and train them and was kind of on the ball and we were running forums and all sorts of things out of hours to basically accommodate that those customers that didn't have time because they were in the office all day um, and just to be able to communicate with them on their terms and in their time frames um, and I think you know Absolutely. that that for me felt like a really you know wholehearted thing to provide the business mm -hmm. um, but I was incredibly proud and I was like yay you know the live person has moved on so much since then oh um, since then yeah absolutely in terms of being general and knowing you know if you're a an entrepreneur setting up a business that you feel is going to grow my strategy is always to try and build a framework and a foundation that's going to allow you to grow right from the very beginning. Yeah, it's absolutely. like the basis of building a database that has enough tables 
to accommodate the growth because yeah. rebuilding a database for a business is that's why we end up with yeah. so many different systems because oh God, it's awful if you're not it, it able me. to expand mm. the database or it's not um it doesn't work like that then you know you have to start again and actually uh legacy systems and businesses don't want to start again it's too yeah. much work so it's having something really strong solid and, and a great foundation to start with but it's having that foresight not just to look at you know 12 months time not even just five years time but what does the the 10 year vision look like um and you know i'm very much about visioning and and working out what i want to achieve in the in the forthcoming years but um i'll allow you to elaborate a bit more about well you know, l- l- some... let me just let me just respond to what you said there because i think that's a super important point to raise and you know mike you know it kind of segues nicely into the whole life person piece because my, my first role at life person after being um you know, not just a customer service agent, but moving up through the ranks into account management and so on. I then moved into LifePerson as a technical project manager. So I'd had the focus on the technology because previously I was implementing CRM systems for, for Toyota and Lexus on a global scale. So I'd had that tech, um, that you know, that CRM piece of the puzzle. But then um, one of my frustrations with a lot of these projects before I joined LifePerson was that any implementation would be so short-sighted, so short-sighted, like you've just mentioned. You know, you'll be rolling out a a project and it'll it'll literally just be, let's get the MVP out there, make it fit for purpose, and that's it. And then you're thinking, well, that's great. But what if something goes wrong down the line? Or what if you need an extra feature? What if you need an extra integration? You haven't got any budget for this. What if, you know, we need to roll back and just you know, develop a new feature, you know, like you said, where's the database (laughs) space? Where's, where's the dev, you know, devoted to these things. And unfortunately in the BPO industry, which I was in before, you know, everything's very tight. Um, You know, the people who have worked in that industry, um, at least historically, you know, there's a term that goes around, which is bums on seats. And I I don't like that term because I think business is people, not just processes. Um, and, And I just needed to get out of that space. So when I, when I, when I, when I interviewed of uh, Life Person, it was just a new world for me. Um, the technology was was leading the way, and you know their strapline, and I think still to the, this day, their strapline is making meaningful connections. And I think that's you know that that that's that's putting such a positive spin on 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 a piece of technology, and it just yeah. kind of resonated with me, which is probably why I stayed there so long. But it was a yeah. like I said, great experience. <laughs> I so, think that I think the phrase meaningful, you mm. know, technology and meaningful don't go together, not in a heart felt way yeah you know it's kind of process and logic and there's you know kind of person-centered stuff and but bringing them together uh yeah anyway i'll let you carry on (laughs) no absolutely and you know i think you know if you've got a nice mission statement you know so long as you know what your tech does you can always bring it back to the people and i think that's where the technology is headed and you know yes so so i joined as a as a a pm i then i did that for a year year and project project manager for anyone that doesn't know yes prime minister (laughs) that's right not a prime minister not yet anyway well we'll see but hey uh yeah technical pm project manager so um i actually implemented uh i'm quite proud of this i do know the number so i i I implemented 36 projects total um in the space of just under two years um many of our listeners will be banking with uh high street banks that i've worked with as well as telcos um 
and internet providers that I've worked with. Uh, you know, I made some great connections along the way. Um, and, um, and yeah, great experience. But for me, my time as a, as a project manager came to an end where we started expanding as a company in the EMEA region. So that's uh, Europe, Middle East, and um, Asia or Africa. I can't, I can't remember. It's um, Africa, sorry, not Asia, because that's APAC. So, yeah. So we started expanding back in 2019, I believe. Um, and because of my experience within the BPO, business process outsourcers or contact centers, um, I was brought on as the operational um, customer success manager. And they wanted me to, um, you know, enable the rest of the team. Again, leaning on my teaching experience, that is that enablement piece that comes with customer success. Um, and uh, and also my, my colleagues, I was I was working through with them to to help them understand what that whole ecosystem looks like. Because it's great just having a piece of technology there, but if you don't know how to measure you know, the good stuff that comes off the back of it, there's no yeah. point in getting that technology in the first place. You know, if you're not measuring and trying to constantly improve, continuous improvement, Kaizen, you know, I'm sure a lot yeah. of people will be familiar with that concept. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you're not driving for that that consistent improvement, it's probably a null point in the first place. Um, so that was that was my mission. For, for two years, I was then... Um, I was then a, a CSM. And again, I worked with some, you know, very high profile. Ollie, client. Ollie, hold on, hold on. CSM. Come on, you need to explain. <laughs> Customer success manager, sorry. Thank you. I Customer love it. Uh, us, people in tech talk acronyms all of the time. We do, it's terrible. And isn't it? and it's just making it understandable for those of us that don't know what these acronyms are. Thank you, Ollie. Sorry no, to interrupt. Again. No worries at all. No worries at all. <laughs> That's but, all um, good. It's all good. Yeah, so CSM, customer success management, and, and there's very many aspects to this role. It could be a customer success manager within, you know, the tech world. It could be a customer success manager within, um, so uh, Fiverr have them. I know that Fiverr have them. So they'll, they'll, you know, do an outbound call, make sure that you're, you know, happy with the services and everything. GoDaddy recently contacted me. Um, so I'm assuming that was a CSM role. You know, they, they said, look, there's some optimization you can do on your account here. And I thought that's great. Really, really good bit of service that, by the way. We, in line with that continuous improvement piece, that Kaizen that I just mentioned, which is a, a Japanese uh, a Japanese term, Kaizen, initially brought on by Toyota, uh, t- Toyota I believe. I don't know. Um, I need... I'd, I'd probably argue with you because I'm a Honda girl. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I need to. I need to revisit. But but I did know at one point, and Kaizen essentially means continuous improvement. But it's not yes. just from an operational perspective. It's from a philosophical standpoint. You know, as a human yep. being, you always yep. want to be progressing um and and that's i i just loved that you know that was music to my ears and i've kind of tried to 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 uphold that throughout my career so far i then moved into an operational role so purely operations and what i mean from that is um managing uh an outsourced um operation so the, the 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 account itself was out of the states there was around 800 people um, that were working on that operation and it was my mission to try and make sure that everything ran smoothly um, and efficiently as effortlessly as possible and that that was a big challenge specifically during lockdown but hey you know I walked away from it unscathed uh, and, and, and will live to tell another tale um, 
So that's kind of a, a quick summary. That's a quick summary of uh, of my of my time at, at Life Person. In in terms of the tech. Um, you know, I, I said earlier on, but the, the tech was absolutely groundbreaking. You know, it's, it's something that I certainly never worked with before. I'd worked with a lot of these systems, which were things like IVR systems. So an IVR is a interactive voice recording system. So, for example, if you call, if you call up, um, press one for you know this, press two if your you know auntie's name is Beryl, you know all that kind of good stuff. Um, that can be very frustrating, right? As a customer, all yep. of that stuff is super frustrating. I'm sure we've all been there. I'm sure oh. we've all been there in in that funnel of, you know, pressing the numbers, and then you yeah. think you can find a way to actually shortcut that. Now, anyone that has, but you can't. You know, a logical you mind. You down. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there were some extra star and hash mm. hashtags that you could put in there to actually get you through quicker. I'm I'm sure there were. And it's so frustrating for people like us who work in this space. But anyway, you know, let let alone anyone else. Um, you just reminded me of something actually that there was. Who was it? I think it's GoDaddy. I think it's GoDaddy who have given the option in the IVR system now to ask you whether you'd like to listen to the whole music or not. And I think yeah. I thought that was such a nice touch because do you know what? But but it doesn't ask you which whole music you want to listen to. Oh yeah, but no, I can do without it. In in terms of the the technology, sorry, I keep jumping around here, but it, it is a very exciting topic. We're keeping up. We're keeping up, Ollie. It's fine. Good, good, good. Um, life life person essentially that you know their strapline is making meaningful connections and stream. <laughs> to summarise it, what they would do is they would they would streamline all of the traditional channels and make it a lot more customer friendly so things like um asynchronous message asynchronous technologies is what we call them so you know for for the regular person that is text messages whatsapp facebook messaging any messaging apps that you have today um until really 2017 2018 those didn't really exist as um, sales channels or sales funnels or sales as a service or service channels. Yeah. And it's really in that sort in, in the last sort of five, six, seven years that, that those have really come to the forefront. So, you know, you'll have, you'll have many companies now who say, when you're waiting on the IVR system, we are now working on WhatsApp. You can contact us for Apple business chat. You can contact us through Facebook, um, even Instagram. I mean, social listening has been out there for a long time. So social listening is what you do with the online platforms, the Instagrams, the Facebooks. Um, but of course, the integrated technologies, you know, streamlining yeah. it all and putting it out to the customer in in their channel of choice. That was never really a thing. And that takes us back nicely to the omni-channel piece that I was talking about earlier. So 10 years ago, you had you had this lexicon out there. You had these words that, you know, people were saying, oh, we're going to do an omni-channel experience. We put the customer at the center of everything. We, you know, interactive CRM, blah, blah, blah. But no, it didn't exist. But what's really exciting about technology today is it does exist. You know, you do have that data layer to, to plug in. And, you know, when you start bringing in big data and really using this information for statistical and probability analysis, that's when it gets really exciting. So yeah, exciting times. And over, obviously, during the COVID period, there's been an increase of 64% of yep. customers online, which Absolutely. is an incredibly huge opportunity for everyone Indeed, yeah. to make a great experience, um, you know, whether it's banking or whether it's retail. And, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can that you can fix this customer journeys. And, and 
it's not rocket science at least at least from my experience you know the the the, yeah. the quickest and easiest way to fix any customer journey in my opinion is map the process out map it out do it yourself you know you've got a lot of ceos that will go into companies these days and who will say customer experience is the most important thing to us it's great for ceos and c levels and c suites to come in and to say customer centricity is the most important thing to us but actually is it really you know it's great that you've got that that strap line and that rhetoric but have you gone into your processes have you gone and sat on the phones with your agents or have you gone as a customer as a secret shopper to go Absolutely. through that journey because it's about going to the place and about being consistent so that everyone is working towards that same goal absolutely and you know i'm going to refer to um a, a quote from uh, rob lacassio the ceo of, of life person so a, a greatly inspirational character you know he funded this company life person back in 95 and is as far as i'm aware the longest serving ceo um on any nasdaq traded public company wow. um so, so if you know if, if you if any of your listeners are into you know the motivational thing and the entrepreneurial lifestyle, definitely check him out. But he has he has a saying which is keep walking. So you'll hear him at the end of the uh, at the end of feature of his uh, segments on social media. He'll say you know keep walking. And then when we were having those those meetings internally, it would be a case of all walking to the same drumbeat, all singing from the same hymn sheet, like you said. So. Earlier, you spoke about uh, teaching and educating people with your knowledge. Now, you've helped me in my journey to understand cryptocurrency and Web3. So I'd love you to talk a bit more about that. Yeah, so this is... Uh... This is, you know, something that's super exciting for, for me in terms of the of, in terms of the future. So I've always been attracted to the new shiny tech stuff, and every every time I kind of see something new, I jump straight in. I try to understand as much of it as I can. And and for the for the listeners, I'm not a technical guy. I can understand the concepts and I understand how it all fits together, but I'm not going to be the guy who's going to be sitting in, in front of the screen staring at the matrix code all day, you know, trying to trying to write out some kind of you know, system that's going to fix all, all of our problems, all of our modern day problems. But what I do is I look at the tech, I try to get my head around it, and then I understand where I try to see where the use cases can be used. And Web3 for me is just incredible. It's really the next level. Um, and I don't really think that it's being taken as seriously as, as, it, as it should be today. Um, I think what's really important is to differentiate cryptocurrencies with the technology because cryptocurrencies are just, you know, they are the currencies that are hosted within these networks. Um, the, the the code will depend on the, on the network that's being used, um, but the power lies within what you can code into those, into those tokens. And we call that tokenization. Um, and I think that's going to, bring an awful lot of automation forwards so we, we touched on bots and automation earlier but i almost skimmed over it because for me that's you know for a lot of people ai and bots are kind of the future but it's almost like that that era's almost past now i want you to just explain a bit about web 3 and what the difference is between web 3 and web 2 so that everybody can understand yeah i think 
my and different interpretations will be different right but my, my interpretation of web 3 is that we are really truly bringing what we, we were talking about in the early 2000s mid 2000s around omnichannel that is going to be realistically you know where we are in the future um iot internet of things was was briefly touched upon probably about five ten years ago and it kind of stuck around and you know with the alexas and the the philips hubs and the google google home systems that was kind of where iot stopped you know internet of things stopped the interconnectivity between everything yeah. and there's there's a simple reason for that the, the the reason that we couldn't go much deeper than that is because business processes rely on people and systems yeah so when you take in to consideration tokenomics which i just mentioned there's 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 three different proof proofs well there's proof of work proof of stake and proof of history proof of history is the newest one which also um ties an event to um to to a time to a time to 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 a place in time which we didn't really have before and this is why it's but, so but interesting this this is all object oriented programming from the late 90s or mid mid 90s it is however with one key differentiator which is okay. that the authentication both the call and the signing is within the same within the same package so the the, the hardest thing for um from a technical standpoint that i've ever worked on and and the, the hardest thing for people to get their head around from a technical standpoint has been authentication. You know, I've worked yeah. in the banking in the banking sector quite 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 largely, um, and that is always the sticky point because of the FCA regulations, because of all of these you know laws, bylaws, etc. How do we make sure that that end user is that end user? And yeah. from what I'm seeing so far within Web three and specifically tokenization. Um, all of these processes can be automated back and forth, back and forth and authenticated because there is a record on the blockchain. Yeah. And from my experience, these are the most costly and the most difficult projects to implement are where you need to verify identity. You, when you tie identity, if you think of, if you think of the internet as the step one, right? Yeah. The foundation level. Then IoT, Internet of Things, is the next step up. So attaching artificial intelligence and automated processes to the Internet through your devices. Yep. Um, and they can talk interactively. You know, they can communicate between them, between themselves, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. My, my Fitbit will connect to my phone, which will connect to my computer, which will connect to my Alexa. Yep. But underneath all of that, you always need the human element at the end to say, yes, I validate that. Yes, I validate this. Yes, I validate that where I see this going and you know I don't know if this is going to be the case but where I see a lot of power in this is that actually if you take these bits of technology that you can do within the you know the the, the cryptocurrency world and automate that authentication piece and those those processes back and forth back and forth back and forth you can automate an awful lot of of daily society ultimately I think this is a good thing because it frees you up to do the things that we're meant to be doing. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things during during COVID, we were able to spend much more time with our families and it allowed us to really see the the true being or purpose of what we're here for. But also gives us a, a sense of wanting to have more free time. Um 
I don't ever remember my parents working overtime or working the amount of hours that I am now as an entrepreneur. You know, it was a very fixed amount of time and they had a community. They had a life to lead outside of their work environment. Maybe we're just returning to, you know, good old community spirits. I, I, I certainly hope so. I think it's something that we need in these uh, in these strange times. It's been um, really great hearing your journey. You know, talking about continuous improvement, Web three, customer experience, um, all of those good things in business, but efficiency as well. Um, and I think to sum up, it's about allowing us time to grow in technology, but as well as time to grow as as individuals and humans in our family and community lives as well. Drop me a review, subscribe or follow wherever you are listening because data makes me feel so great. And who doesn't love looking at stats and seeing progress? Now, this helps me to deliver even more exceptional tech discussions I want to be producing amazing content for your ears that gives you the tech insight to my amazing guests.